You're listening to Grace and Fire, brought to you by Emerging Women. Today, my guest is Anya DeFranco. With 20 years in the music biz, self-described little folk singer Ani DeFranco's influence on fellow musicians, activists, and indie-minded people the world over has been huge. Blending folk music with soul, funk, jazz, electronic music, and spoken word, Ani DeFranco has released more than 20 albums, including her latest, Which Side Are You On?, From the earliest days of her career, Ani DeFranco has lent her voice and her name to a broad range of social movements, performing benefit concerts, appearing on benefit albums, and speaking at rallies. She's a pioneer, a rock star, and a soul sister. Ani was a featured performer at the 2013 Emerging Women Live conference in Boulder, Colorado. In today's episode, Ani and I spoke about how having kids has grounded her life and affected her music in a positive way. Her support of community and connection and the importance of the feminine point of view. Her focus on the present moment and relationships in her life. The trajectory of feminism throughout the years and the current state of feminism. The hope that we both feel in seeing the wave of feminine courage currently emerging in the world. And finally, the importance trusting yourself. Here is my conversation, connection, community, and the feminine voice with the soulful and wonderful Ani DeFranco. Well, welcome, Ani. It's a real pleasure to have you here today. Hi, thanks for having me. I was, you know, mentioning to you as we were chatting, this is such an honor. I feel uh, kind of exposed by saying this, but I I definitely had a very big girl crush on you Ah. in in college. So, uh, (laughs) right. uh, yeah, and I'm giving myself a high five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not entirely sure that it's gone away. Um, I was uh, <laughs> preparing for this, for the conference um, for Emerging Women Live, and also our interview here. I was just going, you know, for the last week, going back through all the old records, and oh wow, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's something you'll never find me doing. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Interesting. Oh my! Well, yeah, it's it's always a bit dicey when I decide I need I want to learn a a new old song like oh I should play that song blah blah from you know and then I have to pull out the record and and tiptoe very delicately through it to try to listen to what I need to listen to to and it's like ah you know any anything could throw me for a a week long loop delving back into right. my own catalog. Well, luckily it's all there and uh, we can dip into it any any time. What surprised me though is your your recent record. It was amazing this morning when we had to reschedule. I was like, "Well, I really have not spent time because I was getting so caught up in the old stuff." Oh. And there's a song on there called Lifeboat, and I do want to talk about the new record and I I know it was last year, but I could not believe how deep and how touched I was by that song. Oh, and cool. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned your child. And so I'm, I guess my question, my lead-in question mm. with that is, 
And in fact, I was actually weeping when I was listening to the song, truth Mm. be told, like it touched me that deeply. And I'm curious to see how, you know, you are, you're a rocker, sister, you're like a freaking cool rocker. And, and then you've had kids. Mm. And not that your music has changed tremendously, it's still very moving. But I'm curious to see internally, if there's been a shift inside of you and the music that you create since you have had kids. Um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, there's been so many shifts. It's just, you know, life is like, keeps knocking you one direction or another. And then that, that, you know, you, you have a slightly new direction with every, with every knock, you know? So yeah, kids are, kids are a big one, I imagine. I mean, I think, you know, I think in a, in a big sense, like, uh, I have a, a kind of balance in my life now that I didn't before my family, you know, um, I used to just be all about my work, you know, and, and bringing people joy through music is very rewarding, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I, um, I notice that especially now that I have kids and I get deep into mom mode, you know, when I'm home and I, I can't even remember what it is I do or why. <laughs> and then suddenly I always, feel like, you know, I just did my first little tour since having our second baby and um and it's like I'm suddenly back on stage again and going, Wow, this is my job. Holy cow <laughs> This is awesome. Like how do you know, cool. it strikes me anew that 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 this just happened, you know, that these songs went out there and found people and drug them to my shows mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know, it's 20, it's just about 25 years later and we're still getting together and, you know, me and the audience and, and exchanging all kinds of ideas and making each other stronger and happier and, you know, getting that feeling of community going and, and affirmation and all of that stuff, you know? So yeah, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's, a lot of the same stuff is happening, but, you know, um, yeah, I have that balance, you know, that that if I have a terrible night on stage, I'm not going to, you know, kick myself for a week. I'm going to go back to my kid and go, you know, hey, you know, I didn't I didn't drown the kid. So, you know, it's <laughs> like it's like that puts it all in perspective kind right. of thing. And, um, you know, makes me more grounded. I imagine, yeah, you can sort of hear just the I think the sound of my voice on my last few recordings as opposed to the early days, it's just a whole other person singing, you know, and I think I'm yeah. a, more grounded because of my family, less less eager, you know, I guess the downside is when you don't desperately need your job to save your life every day, then well, there's a little less energy, <laughs> you know. Well, I, I like wonder if it's, through it. I wonder if it feels, like I said, the the new record kind of surprised me because what it felt like to me was deeply, deeply intimate and softer. Mm-hmm. And yet some of the work, like some of the songs on there are very overtly political and, you know, they are very overtly political <laughs> yeah, on there, yeah. uh, which is fabulous in my opinion. But overall the tone and some of those in- more intimate songs you know, definitely. I mean, of course, you're very intimate anyway, but there was yeah. something in there that I felt had represented a shift. And this was mm-hmm. before your, you just had a second um, in April, correct? Don? Right, right. Your yeah. son. That's right. Yeah. So this, you released this just before 
giving birth? Um, yeah, or was I, no, I guess I wasn't even pregnant yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, now I've been sort of working towards a new record and we did a session when I was six months pregnant and we're going to do another session in a, in a few months with the, you know, the baby hanging around. So it's, right. you know, it's definitely a different vibe for me working, but, um, yeah. Yeah, it's great. You know, I think it. I think the the one simple thing is it makes for better records for me. Like hmm. I've been making better records because I have to make them slower. Hmm. You know, the kids interrupt the process, and that's like a uh, uh, what do you call that? Something that's it's actually way more than an interruption. <laughs> they they thwart the um, right. creative process. <laughs> And, and the, the few, like, moments that I can get in, you know, or whatever, to get, get myself out on the road, get on stage, or, you know, to let alone make a record, are few and far between. So it, it, it makes for lots of perspectives. You know, I've slowed down, not, like, throwing records into the world anymore. So I right. think it's, it's like, oh, wow, this is why people take a year or two. Because you can get everything right, <laughs> right? And what a before release date! What a concept! So that's that's been kind of helpful for me. I think it's interesting because looking at back at your career, you've had a lot of releases. Yeah, I mean, indeed. Unbe- <laughs> unbelievable! You're so prolific, and also you've probably toured more than any singer songwriter folk musician out there is that am i correct yeah. in saying that you have I mean, to have i'm you know i'm up there with the you know i'm one of those touring hounds that right yeah I, I notice other there are certain other names in this world that i always see in the live listings everywhere that i'm going and i'm right. also listed you know that's yeah working musician in the world what do you like about the touring aspect as opposed to, you know, many musicians mm. now, they just go and they spruce it up and they put the gloss on it and do the studio thing and, and maybe, right. like, you know, once every two years go and do something. But Go sell the record. Yeah. Cheese, right. um, you know, to me that's the essence of, you know, music. Mm-hmm. Live music is the way music is intended to be alive and happening you know, that is the job that you, you stand and deliver on stage every night. And that's, you know, that's just the most intense, rewarding, fulfilling, you know, I think, uh, uh, basic kind of music, you know, is um, the kind you share in a moment and then it's gone. And, um, and, I, and, and attending to all those moments fascinates me, you know, because each one is different. Each crowd is different. Each each night, you know, and the, and the sort of stuff that's in the air and, 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 you know, taking it and making a show out of it is a really interesting challenge or whatever I'm made of on a given night. You know, Mm -hmm. I could desperately want to just crawl into a hole, but instead I got to go out on stage and use that feeling for good, not evil. (laughs) So it's, um, it's, it's it's interesting work, you know. I think for any artist that's a for any performer, you know, that's it kind of gets in your blood, you know, whether you're a stage actor or music, you know, whatever you you know to to get out there and make something out of nothing every night becomes your life's work, you know, or at least it is for me, you know. And the albums are secondary, I would say. 
Right. Interesting. When do you feel that you are in your greatest power? I would say on stage, you know, mm-hmm. in keeping with what we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, I definitely, you know, when, when you can sort of take a, a room full of disparate energies and, 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 uh, lasso them all together. And by the end of the show, like everybody breathes in together and then exhales together or has this, you know, sometimes I have, I mean, I hate to talk about it in, in these like, woo-woo terms or something, but sometimes I really feel, you know, I can feel, uh, you know, sort of a gathering unity. And then when we hit that, whatever that is, that peak point, it's it's incredibly moving for me too, you know, to feel so connected with other people. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's um, what drove me in the beginning and what continues to drive me is I need that connection as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was reading somewhere that um you and I hope this isn't too forward but you were not a supporter of organized religion and um and yet as you're talking you feel very and as you're singing I feel like you're channeling in a mm-hmm. way and that you've mm-hmm. got a very strong um spirituality about you. I'm curious to see where yeah. where that kind of weaves in for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, organized religions serve so many similar purposes, you know, to what we're talking about, bringing people together and connecting them and, you know, bringing them joy and community and affirmation. And if you could get the patriarchy out of all of it, I'd, I'd be down, you know. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, as my perspective as a female, you know, the patriarchy is, is almost all you get you know, uh, these days, it's been so, you know, whatever, all religions are sort of, I think the, the, have been for many hundreds of years, the, the right arm of patriarchy, you know, that's, uh, how it's, how it's worked in society and how it's done its work, you know, so it's, it's hard to imagine, um, any of the major global religions without patriarchy, except I think if you go to the far east, um, where I don't even know if you, you, you probably don't call things like Buddhism, uh, religion, but I don't know what the right term is, but yeah, then I feel that there is, you know, mm-hmm. there's less of that patriarchal thrust, pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think more, you know, kind of therefore attract me more, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I look at, I look at all of the patriarchal religions as, half the story at best, you know, and probably, you know, I mean, once you get far enough from mm, holistic, you know, health, from from social balance, then I think there's no solution, you know, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no way of taking patriarchy or, and making peace or, you know, taking Christianity the way it's been designed now and and creating liberation for everyone, you know, you just, mm-hmm. it's the wrong tool, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you definitely touched on something here that is very core to Emerging Women in our mm-hmm. conference, Emerging Women Live, and it's about really pushing forward um, and helping make room for the feminine perspective in Mm. positions of leadership and influence. And I see a lot of times women 
as they gain, you know, whether they're climbing the corporate ladder or they're in, you know, they're starting a business, they take on the inherited success structure. And, and I've been guilty of this myself. And we start working like men and we have the swagger and we have the energetic component and we stuff the feminine parts of ourselves right. down and right the relationships become deprioritized right. exactly. and the bottom line or whatever it is for whatever business yeah the the goal yeah yeah it's interesting i mean it it really you know it it shows how i mean i've been it's funny i've been a feminist my whole life i imagine cuz yes. my mother i was raised by my mom and um but the 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 trick of of really dealing with patriarchy becomes, I think, more and more captivating to me, more and more interesting, more and more challenging. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I guess people, you know, now that I'm in my 40s and, you know, people sometimes ask me, like, so really, you're still talking about feminism or, you know, haven't you, you know, is there nothing else that you could, you know, but for me, it's like, it becomes more and more elusive and um i don't know uh, urgent you know this mm-hmm. the, the the idea that we really need to go back to the fundamental imbalance because it's all mm-hmm. pervasive like you say it, it influences everyone in the society mm-hmm. because it's it's the structure that we have to work within and think within it's the language that we're speaking you know i mm-hmm. recently uh i read a book called the alphabet versus the goddess and it changed my life. Um, incredibly powerful book by this fella named Leonard Schlein. And it talks about even how, you know, not just the, the way our language is constructed, but the fact that we have written language um, has has sort of, that has dictated the left brain, um, you know, sort of reinvention of the world. We, as human beings, we invented this incredibly huge shining object called the written word, you know, that changed the course of history for every living thing on the planet because it enabled us to rewrite history, to rewrite reality, to create our own reality through this this Mm -hmm. mechanism of the written word. And, And he talks about, like, this great shining object you know, everything casts a shadow and the shadow, you know, he, he looks at is patriarchy and it's this left brain, the masculine left brain, you know, that as it took over the world, the masculine, uh, viewpoint, the left, the linear, the, the, you know, the mono focus, all of the things that are left brain, you the logic, the, the, you know, the, um, that that is the masculine side of our nature is completely in control, you know. Mm-hmm. And this was like, oh, finally somebody, you know, after a lifetime of sort of contemplating patriarchy and feminism, its antidote, and how do I fit into this, and what are the, how do you get out of here? How mm-hmm. do you, um, you know, and how did we get here? You know, here's a here's a person that pre- presented an argument that I find very compelling. Uh, and it's interesting. Here's this thing that I use every day, language that I mm-hmm. love, you know, that I use as a tool of liberation and so many have and communicating, um, you know, what I desperately want to communicate inside of me and, you know, trying to get out of, you know, that 
situation of being a round peg in a square hole. And yet, you know, here it is, this very same thing is, you know, may have been, you know, sort of kicked it all off, you know, the, the patriarchal era, you know, which I find so interesting. So, you know, I think we really have to get back to basics and address, you know, to address patriarchy. We have to really, really step back from ourselves. And I think it's, actually, you know, whatever, a, a political, a social and political prerequisite to solving mm-hmm. all the other, you know, social and political diseases. Totally. I think what you're saying is fascinating. In light of what you had said before, you seem to really be into connection, for instance. And then mm-hmm. and you were saying people are they're foregoing relationship in favor of the bottom line. Well, mm-hmm. relationship and connection and intimacy, and I'm talking about true connection, not like mm-hmm. business collaboration, which is a kind of a different feel. But true connection, that's where women and the feminine tends to, that's like home base for us, you know? Yeah. And it's not really, yeah. you know, I don't know that it's so based on language. It's more based on intuition and feel and energy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, like when you get up on stage, it's not just the lyrics that you're saying, it's the whole vibe that you're channeling that people mm-hmm. can tune into. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think as that rises, the people who are really dependent on the black and white of the language, and I think this is happening now, they're getting confused and mm-hmm. they don't understand. And what are you talking about? And so I don't know if you feel like you're you're onto a shift that's happening now that is leaning a little bit more towards connection and, and intuition mm-hmm. and things like that, or if that's something that's like sort of conceptual. Well, you know, I mean, I, I feel like I have been something of a typical female in my life in that I've I've always prioritized relationships, you know, in this mm-hmm. way that, you know, male, the, the, the traditions of male psychology, um, you know, science or, you know, it's sort of an aberration, you know, the feminine mindset where, you know, you, maybe you don't do as good on your math test because you're more concerned about, you know, some relationship that's happening that, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're, Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to do better than your friend because she'll feel bad or you don't, mm-hmm. you, you know, women's minds just work differently. And, um, I think that I've, you know, I mean, I've definitely been in like a recording studio situation where I'm, I, I am aware that I'm way more focused on this other person that is in this situation with me and uh, interacting with them or something that's going on with them than I am in the bottom line of what's getting recorded for posterity, you know? Mm -hmm. I've definitely realized that along the way I've been focused on the moment and in the people around me, and, you know, that's not always expedient when making records, you know? You should be focused on what comes out when you press play, you Mm -hmm. know? And So I've tried to sort of steer my self... um, more in that direction, but, but yeah, I'm just, and you know, this book, The Alphabet and the Goddess, to bring it up again, it actually ends on a very hopeful note, which is so terrific, um, because I, I buy it so much. Um, he talks about the, the modern age, um, that we're in now with this technology and everything, is actually reactivating our right brains, i.e. Mm-hmm. the feminine within all of us. 
um, that actually looking at images, images are the, 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 the providence of the right brain and, and even the fact that, like, you know, when we write now, it's, it's generally on a keyboard and we're using both our right and left hand, which activates both sides of our brain as opposed hmm. to the right hand, which is, which is directly connected to the left hemisphere and has, you know, sort of defined so much of history. So, you know, I don't know. I'm hoping that it's true um, what Leonard proposes, that, that we are move, moving into a more balanced era where the right mm. brain is also at work in the world and therefore the feminine in our nature will gain in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think? I mean, you've seen, you've been there from the beginning, it seems like, um, just... 25 years of feminist folk singing and mm-hmm. and righteous babe records and I'm curious to see how you would explain the trajectory of feminism from you know our past and even you could take it back to women's suffrage and mm-hmm. and to what the opportunity is today and yeah, how that yeah yeah well sure uh, I'd love to Yay. <laughs> how often do people want to <laughs> talk about feminism in this world you know it's like not very much these days even young women who i think believe in their own self-determination are not necessarily connecting it or using the word feminism or feminist to describe themselves they're not necessarily connecting their struggle with other women and that's unfortunate you know i think um We've sort of had a few generations now of being taught that feminism is ugly and boring and humorless and hairy and scary and mm-hmm. bad, you know. And so uh, I think a lot of young females are are um, not identifying with it, uh, uh, which is artificial and mm-hmm. and and unfortunate, you know, because at this point, like you were saying, you know, I think it's time to evolve our idea of feminism to understand that it's not just for empowering young women. It's so much more than equal pay for equal work or, you know, um, you know, safety from, from, you know, violence against women in the home or on the street. It's, it, it is about addressing patriarchy. It is about, um, curing the social, social imbalance that leads to all of our problems, I think. It's mm-hmm. about recognizing that feminism is not just a tool to empower women, but to create peace on mm-hmm. earth. You know, I mean, I think, you know, the destruction of the environment, the sort of hierarchical relationship of human beings, you know, country against country, race against race, you know, in this sort of totem pole of power, all of that are tenants of patriarchy, you know, um, you know, the domination of the environment, just domination and submission, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. um, and, and until we really start getting into the patriarchy that exists, that underlies, you know, all of the structures, all the ways that we think, all of the ways that both men and women, um, are, you know, uh, working in the world, um, we can't, we can't, approach the environment or, you know, multiracial society or, you know, all of the other things that we need to address in a new way, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's all about going back, going back and using feminism. You know, I, another um, very powerful book for me was uh, written, geez, probably 
decades and decades ago now. It's called In a Different Voice mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> by Carol Gilligan, and it talks about the fundamental difference in psychology, you know, that that we were hinting at earlier between male and female. And you you just look at um, the way children play from the beginning. And, you know, girls play one-on-one and boys play in groups. And, you know, so girls are learning things along the way like, well, your reality is totally different from your reality. And when I play with you, we have this little world. And when I play with you, we have a different little world. Mm-hmm. You know, and meanwhile, the boys are off in a big group saying, okay, we need one rule that can deal with all of us at once. You know, we need to, we need rules of the game and we're going to organize in group, you know, and we're going to make one reality that, that, you know, and it's a, and both are, you know, uh, totally legitimate and necessary things for little humans to play at and to learn how to do to create things like governments and societies. But then women, the the female perspective, all of this stuff that we learn along the way, it, it has no place in the world to manifest, you know, like, you know, like, for instance, believing in freedom of choice in women's reproductive freedom. It's like, if you ask a female they can understand inherently how one person's reality does not apply to another person's reality in every situation. So you can have your feeling about things like abortion. You can be totally against it, and it can be, you know, a, a wrongness in your life and in your world, and that is absolutely your choice and your... Right. You know, um, you have that that power and that... Uh, should have that choice, but to project it onto somebody very different from you can often be a mistake. And, you know, these are like female, uh, you know, the, the, the Intuition, feminine knowledge. Just, yeah, yeah, right. And Deep wisdom. Deep wisdoms that, that we need to get out and working in our society. So, yeah, I mean, I, geez, that's kind of a long-winded way of saying I, I just feel more and more compelled to talk about. Right you know, patriarchy and feminism and how we can sort of use them in more contexts than just, you know, the liberation of women. Well, what's interesting just in in terms of the conference at Emerging Women Live is the women that are coming are, we've got physicians and and, Mm. uh, policymakers and Mm. um, young entrepreneurs, women in their 60s that are having a reemergence in their business. We have people in technology. It's completely, we have uh, singers and um, artists, and they're all, it's basically cross-sector. And um, they're very, very passionate about um, what we're calling a new kind of feminism where femininity is having a role Mm -hmm. instead of the Mm -hmm. old feminism, which was more about policy. The old feminism, we needed those policies. And and in order to get that shit done, you got to like drive, you know, Mm -hmm. we had, we got to drive, you know, (laughs) but now there's like a new wave of desire among women that is less about that you know, policymaking and, you know, of course that Mm. factors in and we need to have those discussions, but it's also more about this, this new energy that's coming, that's kind of blending the two. Yeah. And, um, I feel like that's an opportunity that, you know, curious to see if you wanted to comment on that. Well, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I think you, you answered your question better than me. Like it's, yeah, I think, 
Exactly. When when you're when you're trying to get women the right to vote or the right to drive a car or something, you have to make the argument women are no different from men. They are uh, as 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 capable of steering a car or making a choice for a political leader as a man. And you and this argument has needed to be made for many generations. Women are just as good at men, as men at right. da, 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 da. Or we are no different. We can also X, Y, Z. And in order to get these these basic rights. But I think you are exactly right that another way that feminism needs to evolve is to say, okay, now we're just going to stand back and say, we're not the same. <laughs> we're okay. We needed right. to make the argument of how much we are the same uh, all this time, you know, to get from A to, you know, sort of N, but now to get from here to Z, we have to actually change the way we're approaching it and say, actually, men and women are very different. And it's those differences now that we need to focus on. It's, it's the, it's the, um, suppressed feminine, you know, in all of us that we need to liberate that we need to empower, you know, and we need to understand um, what is missing in our human nature. Where is that elusive feminism, that uh, uh, that elusive feminine that is getting marginalized, excluded, you know, and hammered into something else in our modern society? You know, we need mm-hmm. to go back and find, uh, you know, the feminine in ourselves and and its intentions, its motivators, its meanings and and set those free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, very good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's what's what's interesting about this is that there seems to be a feeling of emergence happening mm. with regards to specifically feminine energy, and I think that mm. it's. I know you're talking about patriarchy, and I'm going to bring up capitalism here now. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about capitalism is the whole dependence on the supply and demand. And I do believe that the world is demanding a more feminine approach to how mm-hmm. we lead and yeah. how we right. make decisions. And and so I, I feel this is actually, this energy is rising and mm-hmm. and there's something happening with women feeling courageous. You know, I don't know about you, but in my world, all these women friends I have are making unbelievably courageous decisions about their lives that, you know, they're, they're not compromising anymore. And they're saying, I don't, I'm not going to compromise. This is who I am. And this is how I want to live. And I, I just feel it kind of happening on a mass scale. And so I'm feeling hopeful about Mm -hmm. that this, that that we can course correct the Mm over-masculinization that we've seen in our society. And I'm curious to see where you are on the Richter scale of hope. Yeah, I feel hopeful too. You know, I mean, it doesn't hurt that we live in the great feminist experiment right society you know i mean i don't know if i'd be feeling so hopeful in afghanistan or whatever right, right now right um, right so yeah, yeah i mean that's this is the job of of our society here to try and push to keep pushing yeah. further into balance between the sexes and you know i uh, i like yourself i'm surrounded by courageous women you know i mean i've made a point of populating my life <laughs> with with the most awesome women I can find, and um, and it does keep me hopeful, you know. And right. I really think that, you know, it is it is really 
you know, as much as it's talked about, you know, America's great gift to the world of democracy, it's, you know, it's questionable how we wield that mm-hmm. um, self-perception, and it's questionable uh, how democratic our democracy is at any sure. given moment. And But when I, you know, when I look at America, I see you know we we certainly have great gifts to offer the world and i think feminism is probably the top of the pile you know um nice if only we were in afghanistan supporting the women's movements that you know are there yeah. the women who are fighting for liberation you know behind that you know the whatever the muslim curtain or you know if only i i feel like we could if we could spread just just that in our culture, you yeah. know, the fact that women um, need to have self-determination, you know, like that I think would be a liberating gift, you know, to bring not not sort of, you know, and again, just support what, what the women are doing there. I don't even know what it is, but they know what they need. And right. if only that is the way we could intervene, I think that would be huge, you know, because oh, that really is. Uh, you know, one of the very few things that we have created socially here that 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 has hope in it. Yes, um, our we had a, a speaker that was supposed to be flown in from Afghanistan. She's a young woman. She's 24, mm. and she's a CEO of a technology company. Wow. Um, yeah, she's amazing. She was named by Time Magazine as the top 100 most influential people in the world. And she is an, uh, an Afghan young woman who uses all of the proceeds from her company to start um, special schools of technology for women wow. uh, and, and young girls. And our live stream, we're live streaming our event um, in Boulder coming up. And half of the, um, if you donate to the live streams, 50% of all of the donations go to her organization in Afghanistan. Wow. So okay. I hear you on the Afghanistan. Unfortunately, she was not awarded a visa. She applied, right. uh, you know, several months in advance, and they didn't give her a visa to come and speak. Okay. So um, I think it's, you know, imperative that we support, especially those regions. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you there. So I wanted to just take another, as as we're getting a little bit closer to the end here, another tact. Um, part of, you know, emerging women is having women um, really feel confident that they can have a voice in their future, women all over the world. And, but there's also a, an energy um, of emergence and emerging. Um, and it's not just for young women who are, you know, emerging for the first time. We have many emergences in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're just, you know, markers of when we feel truly aligned with our truth and, and we're able to, again, make those courageous decisions. I'm curious personally for you, um, if you could share with us a couple of those emerging points in your life mm. and, uh, just tell us, you know, a little bit about how they were for you and what they meant. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I'm, I'm so known for the, the young emergence, you know, and when I started yeah. writing songs and getting out there and it was all about, you know, a young female trying to elbow space for herself in the world and trying to deal with the sort of power game every day. And, um, and now, yeah, now I'm 43 and I've got a couple of kids and definitely I would say that pregnancy and birth 
Um, mm. That experience was life-changing and, again, put me in touch with my relationship to other women, with my with my femaleness, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing like going for that ride to really deeply empathize once again with other women, with what they go through. Um, you know, just the the act of giving birth is like one of those radical, I mean, anybody will tell you, anybody certainly who's a parent, and probably people who are not yet mm-hmm. will say, wow, that's just, it's a miracle. It's the one miracle that you can actually just make happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just... You can do it if you're female. You can observe it if you're male, and it's life-changing for each. And um, and I think, you know, anything that radical um, and that sort of, I think, what what the sense I got from it was when you're that in that primary a place of creating a new life, um, you're sort of working, you know, you are part of nature. You become... Uh, you know, you're, you're once again, you're not the, the overlord, you're not the leader, you're not in control, you're nature's subject, and you are, you know, part of something much bigger than yourself. And, and I think that the fact that women, no matter how much they play the patriarchal game or how high they rise in, in this sort of, um, society, it's like, if you get pregnant and you have a baby, you're pulled right down to square one of, you know, you're just, you're nature's tool, you know, and you're mm-hmm. working in conjunction and you are, yeah, you're, you are not in control and you have to, you have to accept so many things, you have to sacrifice so many things, you have to take so many risks. Um, you have to, and then you just literally have to open yourself, literally and emotionally, have to sort of open yourself up. You have mm-hmm. to, and it's 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 very humbling. And I think uh, once again, it's it's like I've been through this another very female experience, and it's taught me things, of course, that that uh, like any experiences do. And I think here are more lessons that need to be at work, you know, that need to be evidenced in society. Instead, you know, of course, you know, the culture around pregnancy and birth is very much of, you know, oh. patriarchal control. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a and whole other podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously, right. So don't, yeah. don't get us started, you know. So know. It, it, it opened my eyes to this whole other yeah. realm in which, I'll tell you, I, I, yeah. I, I wonder sometimes if it wouldn't be better to be in Afghanistan giving birth because right. I'll bet you there the women go and they take their knowledge of thousands of years of attending each other's births and I bet you they do it without machines and without control and without, sure. I bet you they, you know, that there is in any society that is at least traditional enough where women are still in control of the birthing process and helping each other, you know, I think that's a great benefit to where we are. Um, So anyway, yeah, that just opened up a whole other way for me to grow in my thinking and in my feminism and, um, you know, more things to think and write about, you know, so definitely I think, you know, that, that, that 
that giving birth is meant to be a rite of passage for women in which if you have not been a feminist or been connected to other women deeply before then, that's when you do it. That's yeah. when it's supposed to happen. You know, you, when you need your fellow women to come and help you through this thing, you know, and that's, I think, a very natural uh, uh, rite of passage that, 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 again, is made very unnatural and somewhat thwarted in our, in our society, you know, therefore making women less uh, connected to each other, less um, right. helpful to each other, less close to each other in the More overall isolated. society. Yeah. But well, yeah, that was another big one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, for our last question, just keeping this thread, um, you know, then considering you've, you know, you mentioned those two sort of emergences and how powerful they can be, mm. they can also be scary. Mm. And um, and there's a lot of unknown and mystery and trust that has mm. to kind of be conjured up to get through it um, in conjunction with just incredible, like, superpower feelings. Mm. And as women, there'll be many women coming to this conference um, that will be in that energy. And um, I would say when a woman is on the precipice of an emergence what would be your advice to her? Hmm. Well, I mean, against all odds, against all examples that you see around you, trust yourself. Mm. Trust, trust that voice. You know, it's it's really a lot of you know that's that's how i want to respond when i see so many instances of you know again if it's somebody trying to take a woman's reproductive freedom away it's 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 you're showing a complete lack of trust in her you know that she will can make these decisions for herself that and or when you're trying to you know, whatever, you know, the, the ways that females are, 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 are controlled in this world. So, you know, yeah, to, to emerge into yourself, to find your own voice, you have to trust in, in it, you know, even if nobody around you is, you know, and there's, there's such a power in that. I mean, I think that maybe just my will to do that for myself has been what has inspired other people through these songs along the way, you know, like, yeah, damn it. No, I, I think something else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know exactly what it is. I'm trying to hone in on it, but I know that that doesn't feel right to me. And, you know, I'm going to trust this voice. I'm going to follow it um, down a path of mystery. Yeah. Like you say, you know, I didn't, you know, this grand plan of I'll make a record company and I'll da-da-da-da and then I'll da-da-da and in 10 years I'll, it'll be great. I'll, you know, it's like the, I didn't have some plan. Mm, I just trusted in my instincts along the way and it led me uh, down a unique path. And um, I think if it, there's anything that I can offer other women, other people in general, it's it's to do that, you know, find your own voice and follow it um you know it is trustworthy cool well thank you so much ani this has been uh, a real gift here today and 
We're uh, very much looking forward to seeing you in just a few days. Yeah, really, soon. Well, thank you. It's really, you know, I relish the opportunity to talk about things that are important to me. Yes. Not not every conversation is that. (laughs) Great. Well, I'm glad we got to explore it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see you soon. Yes. Thank you.